and uh, the Lord's uh, superiority over the angels. And uh, we were talking about just how angels have been regarded highly uh, within, uh, within the, the believers here. And, uh, and even in today's uh, world, we know that uh, much importance is given to angels. And the writer had to share with us, had to write these words in order to show us all that Jesus Christ is superior to angels and superior to all. And he showed us this through the scriptures and how important it is to, to, be, to prove things through the scriptures, the greatness of God, the greatness of our Lord. And that's exactly what, uh, what the writer of Hebrews has done. And today we're going to be talking about the message of Christ, the message of Christ, how key it is in our lives. You know, his word says that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We know that he has told us that the heavens and the earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. And we also know that the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is what the Lord wants to talk to us about. You know, if we want to live as the word lives forever, we must also live by the word. We cannot live by our flesh and the things of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. His message, his word offers eternal life. And yes, so many don't want to listen to it. So many don't want to receive it. Even within the body of Christ, you have believers that claim to be believers and yet they don't want to listen to the word of God. They don't want to obey the word of God. They're still held captive to fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. With that, I want to begin in verse 1. It says, Therefore, we must give the most earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. In the book of Hebrews, there's going to be five warnings that are given. I want us all to understand that there's going to be five admonitions, five warnings given to the, the readers. And the first warning that is given here, he says, if we don't pay close attention to the words spoken by the Lord, to the writings that have been written here, inspired by the word, by the Spirit of God, then you're going to drift. The word says you will drift. You will drift away. Let's talk about drifting away. Drifting away gives us the idea, right, of a boat. You know, the first thing that came to my mind when I was reading this is I pictured a boat, a boat that was drifting away. And why would the, the boat drift away? Because it had no anchor, right? The boat will drift away when there is no anchor. And when we think of ourselves, right, when we think of, uh, 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 of, 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 of us, you know, how many times do we drift away? When we've taken our eyes and our hearts off of the Lord. You know, I see, you know, as, as I have three little ones, well, four little ones now. But I have three that are bigger now. But when the bigger ones were smaller, I remember we had these little styrofoam floats. And we would put them in the pool. And you put the kids on there, right? And as they're going away, they're looking at you and their eyes are all afraid, right? As, as, as they know that, you know what, you're not holding on to them. You know, that is the same thing that happens to us as people. If something is not holding us down, we will drift away. If we have no anchor, 
we will drift away. As for Christians, if we aren't in the word, you will be drifting away. If you aren't coming to church and hearing the word of God, you will be drifting away. But I want to talk about this because, see, it's just not hearing the word that's important. You must give earnest heed, as the scriptures tell us here. And what does earnest heed mean? What does this mean when, it's, when, the, when the writer is telling us to, to give earnest heed? You are to pay close attention. You know, have you ever talked to people? I know this has happened to me, and even when I talk to my kids, I talk to them and I see that, you know what, they're, they're listening, but they're not really paying attention. And then you ask them, you know what, what did I say? Or you propose a question and they don't know how to answer back, and they give you this look like, uh, uh, uh. I've even done that to people, you know, where I'm not paying attention. And I'm not, you know, I, I haven't really given them my focus or my heart. See, what happens to us, what happens to us, even at church and even as we read the word of God, see, hearing must involve the heart. See, when we look here at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, and we covered this a couple of weeks ago. It says there, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. See, this is what happens to us as a people of God. You know what? We come to church, right? Or we're reading the word of God. And you're not open to it. Your hearts aren't there. Your hearts aren't open to receive the truth of God. And we come to church thinking about what? What we did last night? We come to church thinking about what we're going to do after church. We think about, you know, things that, you know, that, that aren't important, the problems that we have. We think about issues that are going on. We think about our wives or our husbands or our boyfriends or girlfriends. We have all of these things in our mind. And so we lose focus of what the truth of God is. And God has so much to say. And yet we're consuming our minds with things that don't matter when it comes to how important when it relates to what God is speaking. You know, as we look at this, as we read this, if your heart is hardened or closed, there's never going to be a change in your life. If you don't allow the word of God to take deep root within your hearts, there's not going to be change. You know, there's so many people that are going to church today, but yet there's no change in their life. They're still living the same lifestyle that they did as non-believers. And why is that? Because their hearts aren't open to the truth of God. They have no fear of God. You know, their hearts are still in the world. Their hearts are still in fulfilling the lust of the flesh. The pride of life. Their hearts are consumed with the world and the ways and the things of the world instead of what matters most, which is God, the Lord, His Word. When we think about drifting, right? What are you drifting to? 
You know, we came from the pit, didn't we? We came from the miry pit, the mud, the filth of this world. And guess where you drift back to? You drift back to that. How many of us are in this situation today? Where we're doing the same things that we did before we came to know Christ. I want us to turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. In 2 Peter chapter 2. And 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. It says there, For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a soul having washed to her wailing, wallowing in the mire. See, what happened to people was that they heard the truth, right? But see, they didn't allow the truth of God. They didn't allow His love to take deep root within their hearts. And because they didn't allow the love of God to take root within their hearts, the Word of God, they began to do the things that they came from. You know, as it says there, right? A dog returns to his own vomit. This is the most disgusting thing that you see. And we see this all the time. I have two puppies. I mean, two little dogs. And when they go out there and they start eating grass and then they throw it all up, right? And then they start eating it again. And I'm like, I just turn away. I let them do it. This is what they do. I mean, you can't change their nature, right? I can't train them to do nothing different. So you just let them do it, but you turn away. Even the kids, you know, anytime you see it, you're just like, ugh. But see, this is what happens to us. How disgusting this is, isn't it? We that were freed from sin return back to sin. Or we live that lifestyle or we ignore the things that we're doing. You know, to say, you know what, I still love God. You know what, but you're blinded to your sin. Satan has blinded you into believing that you're fine in what you're doing just because you said a simple prayer of confession. The Word of God says that a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. You know, as we think to ourselves, there are so, right? You know what a so is? It's a female swine, a pig, a hog. It says, you know what, after you wash the pig, after you wash that swine, you know what, the, what it does? It goes back to the mud. Is that us? Is that what you and I do? We go back to the mud? Or do we stay firm, committed to the Lord, loyal to Him, loyal to His Word? 
Where is our loyalty? Is our loyalty to us and to the world or is it to the Lord? The Lord desires that our loyalty, our obedience would be to Him. He says, if you love me, you obey me. If you don't love me, then you show me by your actions. See, the Lord desires that each and every one of us would be on fire for Him. He desires that people would know that we're different. That wherever we go, they would see the Spirit of God moving powerfully in and through our lives. If people don't know you're believers and people think that you're part of them, then there's something wrong with you. You still got the world. You don't got Christ. You've been fooled by the devil. And the Lord, He doesn't want you lukewarm either, does He? Having a part of the world and a part of Christ in you. You're sitting on the fence, right? You're never pleased that way, are you? You know, I read an email that was sent to me. And it talks about, you know what, you can't be happy in the world because you know too much of Jesus. And you can't be happy in Jesus because you have too much of the world in you. You're lukewarm. You're still playing with the world. You're playing with fire. And the Lord says He's going to vomit you out. You think that you're saved. But you're not. You know, as I think of this, you know, I, I, I'm going to read scriptures to reveal to you. If you're living by these sins, you're going to the pit of hell. I want us to be aware of this. I want us all to turn to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Chapter six. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it gives us a list of sins here. And the list of sins that are given here, it reminds us that, you know what? If you're practicing these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived by lies. Do not be deceived by your flesh. Do not be deceived by the world. It says, neither fornicators. You know, if you are having sex today, outside of marriage, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. A simple prayer of saying, Lord, you know what? I'm receiving you into my heart. I love you. I love you, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. But yet you're practicing fornication. You're doing this. You're not going to heaven. Don't be deceived. The devil has lied to you. Your flesh has lied to you. It talks about idolatry. Who are you idolizing? Are you idolizing the things of this world, the created things? Or are you idolizing the Lord? If you were idolizing the Lord, then you wouldn't be living the way you're living. Adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, Covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. These will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be fooled. 
You know, as we go to Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are repeating some of them, but it gives us additional list of sins. That if you're practicing these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. There must not be a fear of God in you, otherwise you wouldn't be practicing these things. We must have a fear of God, and the fear of God will lead us to do as He says. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, once again, both of these mentioned, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, all of these mentioned previously. But now we get into sorcery, which in the Greek translation is pharmakia. We're talking about drugs here. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you are practicing these things, you are not going to heaven. Don't be fooled by your simple prayers. Don't be fooled by the deception of the enemy that says, you know what, you're okay or God understands. God's word is very clear. God's word is the truth. God's word doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't say, you know what, well, maybe I'll consider it or I love you too much that, you know what, I'll overlook this practice of sin. He doesn't say that. He's clear in saying that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. In this church, in other churches, people that call themselves believers practice these things. And it's a shame. As the Lord was saying, you know what? It would have been better. Better for you not to have known these things, not to have known righteousness. But now that you know them, don't do them. Love me. Don't love your flesh or the things of the world. Don't be deceived by Satan. You know, the Lord wants us to walk lives, lives of holiness, lives of righteousness, lives of purity, lives that don't mock the Lord. Lives that don't blaspheme His name. The desire of the Lord is that we would all be strong and mature in Him. Maturity in a Christian comes when you begin to do the Word of God. You're immature when you're practicing the ways of the world and following your flesh. That is a sign of immaturity in the Lord. The Lord told that to the Corinthian church, didn't He? He told them, you know what? You guys are practicing these things. You guys have envies, jealousy, strife, sin. You're all young in the Lord. The Lord desires that our body would be a body of strong believers committed to Him. Faithful to Him, mature in His Word, doing His Word. 
And then he can move powerfully. How can he move powerfully in a church that is practicing sin? It's a mockery to him, to the community. We got to be sold out for Jesus. If you call yourself a believer, you must be sold out for Jesus. If you want him to use you powerfully, you must be sold out for him. Unless you're sold out. Unless you've committed and surrendered your life completely and over to him. You're still on the fence. We need to get off of that fence. As we go back to Hebrews. In chapter 2. In verse 2 of chapter 2. It says, For if the word spoken through angels provided steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? What is the Lord saying here? What is a writer conveying to us? See, in Deuteronomy 33, verses 1 through 12, and Galatians 3, 19, you don't need to turn there. It tells us that the angels were instrumental in delivering the law to the people. That's why the Jews, they would elevate angels to the same place as God. Because they were used to deliver the Ten Commandments, the law of God. And the word says here that, you know what? As it was delivered, as it was spoke, spoken to us by the angels, every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. It's saying that when they received the Ten Commandments, they knew that, you know what? If they didn't follow the Lord, if they didn't follow these Ten Commandments, they would receive penalty and judgment for them, right? That's what happens to us when we walk in sin. We receive penalty and judgment. But we also know that if we obey, right, we continue to have fellowship with God. That fellowship with God is not broken or hindered. But it is hindered when you practice sin, when you live by sin. And so the writer is saying, you know what, if this was true, what the angel said, and the writer and the Spirit of God and the Word of God has revealed to us that Jesus is superior to the angels, then we should pay even closer attention to what Jesus has to say, shouldn't we? See, this is the Word of God. Jesus himself told us, right? He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but through me. Salvation. It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is not by works. But when you say yes to Jesus, right? When you say, you know what? You are my Lord. That means that you have made him your master. And the slave or the servant does as the master says. If you don't do as the master says, then you don't belong to the master. Understand that it has to be clear in our ears. That we must walk away from sin and begin to practice righteousness and holiness and obedience to His Word. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 7.
In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. This is going to be many people. This is going to be many people when they are face to face with the Lord. And it's going to be a shame. And I pray that not any that are in this place would hear these words when they're face to face with the Lord. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one to enter are those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And done many wonders in your name? You know, doing all these things, these, this service. But yet they don't obey what God says. They don't obey his word. They still live in their sin, living out those things that we just read. And he goes on to say, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice what? Lawlessness. What is lawlessness? Sin. We have to make a choice, people. Who are we going to serve? Who are we committed to? Are we committed to the Lord or are we committed to our flesh? He goes on to say, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, again, we're talking about hearing. When you hear these things, what happens? They're supposed to deep, take deep root within your heart, right? Remember, the heart has to be open. It cannot be hardened. When your heart is hardened to the words of God, they will not take root within your hearts. And does them, again, as we do the word of God, living out the words of God, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. This is what happens to us. You know, as we do what we want, when we don't listen to the words that God has spoken in these holy scriptures, when we do what I want, when we do what the world wants, when we do what Satan deceives us into doing, this is what happens. You crumble. As it says there, you will fall. Like the, into the sand. You know, it is God's desire that no one would perish. But that everyone would come to repentance. This is God's desire for us. That we would repent of our sins. 
and do them no more. True repentance means that you acknowledge that you're a sinner. True repentance says, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry. But it doesn't end there because that's where people, many people stop, right? But true repentance means that you will no longer walk in that sin. We cannot go back to the sins, to the vomit, to the mud. We got to continue to be walking in holiness, in righteousness, in obedience to His Word. It is God's desire that we would glorify Him. See, people are always at their Sunday best. People are always for us on their Thursday best. For other churches, it's on Wednesdays, midweek service. They're at their best, right? But what happens when they're at home? They say, no one's looking. They say, no one sees me. But the one that matters is looking. The one that loves you sees you. The one that has died for you, knows what you're doing. You know, the writer of Hebrews, as we go back, he reminds us, you know what? He says, as the Lord has spoken these things, they were confirmed to us by those that walked with the Lord, the apostles and the disciples. They were confirmed to us. They were spoken to us. You know, it's just, you know, this is why some people say, you know what, that Paul didn't write it. You know, because he's including himself, the writer, in saying, you know what, this was confirmed by others, those that didn't know the Lord, those that didn't see Him face to face, it came second hand to us. But it goes on to say, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own uh, will. See, the truth of the Lord's Word, you know how it's confirmed? The truth of the Lord's word is confirmed by the miracles of Jesus, right? Who else could raise people from the dead? Who else can give hearing to the deaf? Who else could give speech to the mute? Who else could give sight to the blind? Who else could, say, uh, could, could, uh, could set the captives free? Who else brought, death, brought life? To those that were dead. And did you know that these same miracles, these same signs and wonders were given to the apostles and the disciples? It's amazing. Only God could do this. And all of this points to the Lord. It confirms that what he says is true because no one else can do this. There's no one else that has walked the earth that can do the things that the Lord did or that His disciples have done. We know one thing, that on the day of Pentecost, what happened? The Holy Spirit, right? 
was poured down to dwell now with believers, with the church. The day of Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit came to dwell with us, to manifest the gifts. And these gifts are mentioned in Romans 12, in 1 Corinthians 12, and in Ephesians 4.11. That's when these gifts were manifested. Did you know that when the apostles, when the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, that they began to talk in tongues. In tongues were other languages that others could understand. And did you know that other gifts began to be manifested, to be used for the body of Christ, for the church? This confirms the truth of God, the truth of the Lord, the words that Jesus Christ has spoken to us. Everything he said would happen has happened. And everything that he has spoken has taken place and will take place. It all confirms the Lord's message and that's why the writer is saying, pay close attention, otherwise you will drift. Otherwise you won't have that anchor of the Lord. You won't have the rock which is the Lord. And as we keep reading in verse 5, it says, For he has not put the world to come, of which we speak in subjection to angels. What world is he talking about? He's saying that he, meaning the Lord, will not put the world to come in subjection to the angels. What he's saying here is the millennium and the new heavens and the new earth, they have not been been put under the angel's rule. Did you know who is going to be ruling with Christ? Do you know who's going to be ruling with Christ in the millennium and in the, when the new heavens and the new earth are ushered in and the old heavens and the old earth, what we see today, will vanish? It's going to be you and me. Isn't that awesome? And this is why the Lord is saying, why would you give up salvation? Why would you give up ruling with me for a short time of pleasure? Think about that. I mean, why would you and I want to satisfy our flesh for a short period when we could be ruling with Christ, living with him for eternity? This is what's given to us here. This is what's spoken to us. This is the Lord that wants to remind us of who He is and His plans for us. That's why we love going through the Bible verse by verse. Because we don't leave anything out from you to hear. There's uncomfortable subjects to talk about. But yet, as we go verse by verse, we cover them so that you can be well-fed sheep because well-fed sheep beget more sheep and they multiply. But for us, we got to allow the words of Christ to come deep within our hearts, to take root there, to live them out. I'm going to read to you from Romans 8, verse 17. 
It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You know what? Those that have given their hearts, that are surrendered, committed to the Lord, you're children of God. He says, and if you're children, then guess what you become also? Heirs. You know, whatever has been given to Christ has also been given to us. Isn't that amazing that God the Father would share everything that He's given to Christ to you and to me? How privileged we are as a people. We neglect the spiritual blessings that God has given us to go after these sinful pleasures. As believers, we've already been blessed, haven't we? If we realize what we have inherited by the Lord. He says, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. If you suffer with him. You know what suffering means? Rejection of the world. You know what suffering means? Attacks from Satan. You know what suffering means? When we deny the flesh. If you don't want to suffer, if you think Christianity is too hard for you, then go back. Go back to where you came from. It's a shame because you've made that decision because it's not Christ that wants you to do that because Christ gives you so much. He loves you so much. He paid a penalty for you. It wasn't easy suffering, right? It wasn't easy to be spit upon. It wasn't easy to not retaliate as he was pierced, as he was uh, 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 hit, punched, thorn, thorns going into his skull. It wasn't easy. As he received the whips, the cat of nine tails, on his back, whipping out his flesh. Rejection by the world. We're going to suffer. If we're not suffering. If we haven't suffered in Christ's name. Then question whether you belong to him or not. Have people rejected you because of your love for Christ? Or are you still hanging out with the people of the world? Partying with them, drinking with them, enjoying one another. Where they say, you know what, we still belong to one another, right? We're buds for life. Yes, you're buds. It's not going to be for life. Because if you're hanging out with the people of the world, you're not going to live in eternity with them. People think that everybody's going to hang out in hell together. In hell, you will be isolated by yourself. Where there is gnashing of teeth, a wailing, because there's so much pain and sorrow and loneliness. You're not partying with Satan or with your buddies. You're alone in misery, in pain. Do any of us want that? I don't think any of us want that. Everyone that's here, we come because we love Christ. But are your actions saying the same thing? Only you know that. I don't know that. Only you know. 
I'm going to read to you in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 20. In Revelation chapter 20. In verse 4 it says, And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgments was committed to them. That's us. In other words, we're there reigning with Christ. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God. This is after the tribulation, after the church is taken out, then there's seven years of torment, of God's wrath upon this earth. There is nothing like you've ever seen or heard of before. The wrath of God will fall upon this world, and we don't want to be a part of it. And it goes on to say that those that live through the tribulation, because there's going to be believers that still are loving Christ and surrender to Him through that period, they come to know Him. And it says that they will be beheaded. Beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God. Standing firm on that word, believing and obeying it. Who had not worshipped the beast or his image. And had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Those people that lived through the tribulation that were beheaded, that were killed. They will also reign with Christ. But the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection, and what he talks about there is that after the thousand years, they will have the great white throne judgment where their sins will be revealed to all, and they will be thrown into the lake of fire. But blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. We will reign with Christ a thousand years. And it doesn't end there because in Revelation chapter 22, verse 5, it mentions that through eternity, when the new heavens and the new earth are here, we shall reign forever and ever with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. And angels were not meant to reign with Christ. They weren't created for that. Who was created in the image of God? Man was. You and I are the apple of His eye. Unfortunately, this apple was separated from, from God because of sin. It started with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve that took of that forbidden fruit. And when they took a bite of that forbidden fruit, they were separated from, from God. And that's what we do. We separate ourselves from God because of our sin. As we live out and live the sins that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. We separate ourselves from Him. God desires fellowship from you and I. He doesn't desire separation which is caused by us and by our sin, by our adulterous lifestyle. We make that choice. We separate ourselves. And as I go back to Hebrews, as we're going to finish, in verse 6, it mentions there, it says, But one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you, mindful, that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. 
For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But we, but now we do not see. We do not yet see all things put under him. What he's saying here is this is from Psalm chapter 8 verses 4 through 6. When David was looking at man, he was comparing man to all of creation, to the universe that is around us. How small are we when it comes to this universe? We are but tiny people. We're nothing. But yet God has his eyes on you. You are the apple of his eye. He loves you. He cares for you. He is mindful of you. But he says that we're lower than the angels. Why are we lower than the angels? Let's talk about this, right? Real quick, as we're running out of time. Angels, we know that they have great power. One angel can wipe out over a thousand people. Angels are always in the presence of God, right? And angels don't die. Do you know that? Angels don't die. But we as a people, right, we're not as powerful as angels. We're not in the presence of God right now in heaven. And we die. So we are lower than the angels when it's compared to death. But we have one up on them. And you know what that is? The fact that we have been crowned with glory is what his word says. We have inherited the kingdom of God. We have been chosen to rule and reign with Christ. And angels were created, as it says there in Hebrews 1, verse 14, to serve us. They were created to serve us. And with all this, what do we do? Knowing the truth of God, you are now held accountable to God for the things that you have heard. What do we do? I pray that none of us would walk out of this place and practice sin again. This is what the message is about. Stop practicing sin. Stop living it as a lifestyle. The Lord wants us to be sold out for Him. He wants our loyalty, our hearts, to be for Him. Today is a day of salvation. If any of us have been practicing these things, let us walk away from them. Let us truly repent, which means that you're not going to walk in it anymore. You're not going to live it out anymore. Today is a day to get right. Today is a day of new beginnings, of a new life with Christ, no longer in this fellowship with Him. Everything that the Lord has given us today is a reminder of His great love for us. The Lord loves you. He cares for you. You're the apple of His eye. He knows every detail about you. He knows the hairs on your head. The number, can you believe that? Every hair is numbered. The Lord knows them. Isn't that amazing? That's how much he cares about you. When he knows every detail about you, that means he loves you.
Let us return that love back in surrender, in complete commitment. With that, we will close. Lord Jesus, we love your word, Lord. Your Lord endures, your word endures forever. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. You have spoken to us. You have exhorted us today, Lord. You have admonished us. You have given us a warning. Let us accept it. Let us open our hearts. May we hear the things that you have spoken to us today, and may we live them out. If this is anyone here, that has been lukewarm, that has been sitting on the fence, or maybe hasn't truly given their hearts to the Lord, is a non-believer. This invitation is for you. For those that want to make the Lord the master of their life, if they want to be servants of the Most High, I ask that you will raise your hand and we will pray for you. Amen, 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 Lord. All these hands that went up. Lord, I know you're speaking to our church about sin, Lord. Your desires to walk away from sin. Your desires to build us up into a people that glorify your name. Lord, may we be sold out for you. Lord, only then can you work powerfully through this church. Lord, these hands that went up, Lord, they acknowledge their sin. May they turn away from it. May they no longer walk in it. As they have yielded to you and to your spirit. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, you want to close us, Joy, with a quick song? I know we only have like three minutes, All but... Right, Over the mountains and the sea Your river runs with love for me And I will open up my heart And let the healer set me free I'm happy to be in the truth and I will daily lift my hand For I will always sing love When your love came down I can sing of your love forever I can sing of your love forever I can sing of your love forever I can sing of